allow. Headphones on, yes. Okay. All right. What's remember what's this? Happening? What's happening? Oh, something's happening. Are you recording? I am recording. Welcome to the All That's Holy Blue Collar Podcast. We're back! <laughs> interviews with interesting guests and commentary on everything. Food, sports, God, gardening, church, politics, music, movies, comedy, you name it, we talk about it. I'm Cody Stopper. And this is Craig Morton. Craig! On this podcast, we hey, talk that's writers, me. teachers, activists, and we seek some wisdom. And as always, we are allergic to big words. But not some big ideas. Profound things will be said, but entirely by accident. All right. So, how do you like that uh, intro? <laughs> it sets it in there. Yeah, it's pretty good. So, At the in there, it sounds real dangerous and foreboding. Well, it is because we don't use big words like foreboding. <laughs> what does that even mean? Um, well, I mean, if you think about it, you know, F-O-R-E at the beginning, it means it's something that's upcoming and then it's boating. So boats, boating, boating, boating. Oh, so it's boating, thinking about boating later. I think it's B-O-T, right? B-O-T, boat. Botting. Botting. So I think it has to do with buttons. I think it has to do with buttons. For botting. For boating. Okay. Well, you know, we get, we get into fantastic conversations about Here's a big word, etymology. Where are these words and where did they come from? And we have <laughs> no you, idea. If so. you like what you just heard, boy, there's more of that in store for you. So we're doing something new. I oh, love by it. the way, so yes. um, let's see if we can keep on track with our agenda. Okay, icebreaker. <laughs> yes, icebreaker. Up. So I read an article on January 8th. Okay. And it said on January 8th, this is okay. the last day that you can say Happy New Year to anyone. After that, you can't. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that I think I have not said Happy New Year in uh, quite a few weeks. So maybe I lined up with that. I don't know. Well, but here's the other thing is you and I have not spoken yet this year. I mean, we've just, I mean, until today. Right? Uh, well, this no, is the first time talk- this month that... No, no. Well, we, we had a meeting. That's right. We had a, a meeting. This is the first ago. time yeah. we recorded. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Now. So, so it's not. So we should say Happy New Year because it's Happy the first New Year. time our, our podcast is. <laughs> Happy potting. New Year to our listen. Plus, when is Chinese New Year? Oh, hey, that was that was not too long ago. And that was a very difficult day. Sunday, um, January 22nd. So that was that was the news of the mass shooting. That's right. Yeah, so that was that was one of those reminders that um, we are having more mass shootings in January than there are days in the month. Yes. So. Wow! 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 Yeah. Wow! Heavy. So jumping well, from broken, I- breaking ice, ice to like ice breaking. Is broken. Man. All Jeez, right. My goodness. Well. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So that was that was this a rough is, start. This is the type of year we're in we're in for, fellas. You know, listen, I think when we, let, let's talk about what kind of year we got later. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's that's a good conversation to have 
Well, uh, I just meant as yeah. listeners for our <laughs> podcast. These are types of things. Actually, so we are kind of making some changes. And we one of that includes we're going to be doing a our episodes more structured. If you if you've stuck around with us since the beginning, you probably know we started by breaking our episodes up into quarters, almost like a football game or a basketball basketball game, maybe. And uh, and followed an outline. We're going to bring that back, a formatting like that back. That's one thing we're doing. And and then one of the other things we did, uh, we also took some time and we turned it into um, oh. Oh, we followed we followed a, a, a liturgy where we mm-hmm. had times to like be grateful and uh, yep. ask for money and <laughs> all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so we're gonna kind of get back to our roots in that form, but we're also going to do something where we break our year up into uh, into a series. Focusing right. on a singular topic. I mean, the interview more than likely focusing in on a singular topic. And so we already have two series in mind that we're working on developing. Craig, what are those? So we're working on ORT. ORT. I think ORT so sounds really good. It just sounds like something some kind of strange animal would say. Like a seal. Yeah, ORT, ORT. I think so. Or, or, and so we're, so I think really Cody's uh, studying ORT very deep, deeply. And so I'm looking yeah. forward to uh, Odie, uh, Odie, Cody <laughs> Odie, telling, Odie. Tell, or, or, or. telling us about ORT, but it's yes. open and relational theology. And mm-hmm. it's actually probably the, um, I would say it's kind of like the theological kind of base from which we both kind of function yep. um, in our, in our own ministries and, you know, the things we talk about. And so uh, we're going to be jumping into that. And Cody, I'm really looking forward to you kind of leading the way because you're 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 going to become a doctor of ORT. Yeah, that's the thought. A, that's a, the a idea. Dor- a a doctor. <laughs> a dark doctor or doctor ORT. Yes. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. So open and relational theology. So what we'll do is we'll probably end within the realm of open and relational theology. That the idea of it is so broad um, because the thinking is. Um. It's open, it's relational, and that means that there's interaction with all parts of life. So folks who are uh, bent towards politics have a lot to say about how God shows up in the realm of politics. Folks who are economically minded and care about the ins and outs of economics, they find this applicable and discuss their connections. People who who care about the environment find a basis here. So yes, we a lot of my cohorts who are going through the ORT with me uh, specialize in lots of different areas of life. So we'll have a variety of people who we can interview and talk to about their books they're working on, projects they're working on. So it's going to be fun. And right now, uh, boy, my mic sounds funny. I, I hope I sound or something just sounded weird here. But um, <laughs> You always sound so, weird to me. Thank you. So That's one of like one you. of the one of the authors that we've got to speak with, only because we've been telling him, "Hey, let's get together again." Is <laughs> uh, Tom? So Doctor Thomas J. Ord, and yep. he will be having a new book coming out sometime soon. Mm-hmm. And right now, I'm going through uh, an early edition of the Death of Omnipotence and the Birth yes. of Omnipotence. Yes. And um, it's it's a great book, and it'll be great to to visit with him and and. Um, Mm-hmm. learn about that 
death of omnipotence, which it actually sounds so, um, it's, it just, it says, it sounds weird to say that. Death uh, of omnipotence. Yeah. And uh, so, so that'll yeah. be something to, to, to go into. Plus Indeed. we've had conversations with Jonathan Foster. And then with one of the remaining Everly brothers, I think. Epperly. Epperly. Oh, that's right. Epperly. Uh, <laughs> Bruce so, Epperly. Bruce yeah. Epperly. Right. Yep, yep, yep. And that was uh, uh, about, what was the title of the book? Running Elephants? Yeah. Elef the Elephant is Running. So The Elephant is Running. Yeah, which is a great mm -hmm. metaphor. Yes. Um, oh, it and so we've had some of those conversations and we'll, we'll be working on some more and then putting those uh, onto the podcast. Indeed. So that's opening relational theology in that uh, series that we definitely have planned and are going to work on. We also have one you've been working on. So the I, Ort is sort of my in my wheelhouse. So I'm kind of taking the lead on that one. You are taking the lead on this other series. And I am so interested in this. This one is um, it, it, it hits close to home, I think, for Cody and I, simply because we live in this region that is um, kind of home to this topic in a lot of ways, yeah. but the topic is uh, Christian nationalism, and I had a one. I've had great conversations. I've got had three conversations now. One was with a professor of uh, pastoral counseling, uh, Pamela Cooper White, who wrote a book, The Psychology of Christian Nationalism, and in many ways, you know, working to give us a way to to resist nationalism, but at the same time interact and develop relationships with people who are moving in that direction which you know can be people we just don't understand very well or very easily and so it's written kind of with a with, with an with the idea of empathy and so we have some comp uh, conversation on that uh have a conversation with drew Strait, who is a new testament professor at the anabaptist uh, mennonite biblical seminary and he grew up in Spokane, which is kind of near the heart of a lot of Christian nationalism and kind of the evangelical Christo-fascism that's going on these days. And so we had a really good conversation from his perspective as, you know, training leaders. And then yeah. we have a friend of the show that we've had on twice now, uh, Angela Denker. Uh, Angela's a uh, Lutheran pastor yeah. and journalist. And, and we've one had of the her ways on that before, she, right? Yeah, and the way that we first, the way I first uh, found out about her was her great article that she written about uh, Colin Kaepernick, because mm. her background in journalism is sports journalism. So she's mm -hmm. been on in ESPN right. and uh, Sports Illustrated places like that. But uh, she and I had a great conversation about what you know what what does it mean to be a pastor uh, in these communities that have these tendencies toward uh, toward nationalism. And so we're working on that, putting those pieces together. So we got some two great topics that you know we could, boy, they could even take a year, but we're hoping not to take that long with them, but give them some focus and give them some time. I like it. What what Cody, what do you think is like the main thing that in an open and relational perspective kind of can offer people? I think, well, <laughs> so I think it um offers the idea of i think most people probably are drawn to the relational idea that god uh relates to us all um personally you know but also 
is open to, and this is where the open part comes to, where that interactions between God and us and us and other people leaves an open to the future a bit, right? I mean, not everything is so settled, not everything is so set in stone that right. God as a, like maybe an artist, you might think of an artist, kind of goes with where the moment is taking everything, you know? Yeah. So uh, I think people are drawn to that. I think people maybe perhaps if they are struggling with loss or some difficult situation, you know, sometimes they have this conception of God as like God made that happen. Right. But I think open and relational relationship, uh, open and relational theology offers a different view where God is working alongside with to bring the most maximal good out of every moment, every situation, not causing those moments unilaterally, but instead working with us. And, and of course, God being God, God works with all things beyond us. So those things, my thing that's going on crashes into your thing that's going on. So things happen, it unfolds chaotically, but good and beautiful things can come out of that chaos. So. And, you know, that there's, there's a lot in there and part of, you know, uh, well, just going through uh, Tom's new book, he touches on something that he touches on in other places too, that, you know, if we have this idea that God creates out of nothing, right. Which doesn't actually, isn't really true to the Hebrew text. It's not biblical. Um, it is yeah, not biblical. Yeah. And, and, you know, if, if that we, matters if, to some people. Yeah, it's true. Some, sometimes whether it's there or not, doesn't really matter. Uh, <laughs> I know, but, but with that idea, it's, I, I find it reassuring that in that Hebrew, it's the beginning is, um, according to Tim Mackey, I think he describes it as a disorderly dump. Yeah. Um, and it's out, those are the broken bits of our lives that yeah. God can recreate into something new. God didn't right. make the disaster, but God can take those things and create God's something working new. working with it, bringing out of that. Yep. So exactly. one of the things that, that, that comes up in that the open and relational theology, one part is the, the idea of open. And yeah. I think that comes along with some of the things you were talking about the artist. Um, mm-hmm. The the end is not already pre-established, and so mm-hmm. I, I my hunch is there's probably not too many Calvinists nope. who are open and relational theologians. Zero Calvinists, and so that means, you know, okay, so God has a plan for your life, yes or yeah. no? Yeah, I, mean, I mean, yes, God God has a. I I don't know if you want to call it a plan, but God has purpose for right. all of creation. We can fit into that, right? I mean, right. <laughs> but I don't, it's not a plan as in like, okay, Cody will on October 13th, 2021, we'll wake up at this oh, time. Wait, that's in the past. Uh, you got to like <laughs> yeah, okay. 2020, uh, 2023. 20, 20, <laughs> we'll wake up at 6.52. We'll wear gray socks, black shoes, you know, so on and so right. forth. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's something when people are going through struggles and difficulties, they're trying to say, God has a purpose in this. God has, mm-hmm. this is all part of a plan. God is in yeah. control, which is kind of a, a sense mm. of reassurance that whatever's going it wrong, can be. Can trust because God's turning it into something or right. it can make you totally pissed off at God. Like, yeah, exactly. If you're in control. Why is then this I happening? have to believe the death of my child was somehow a part of god's plan god and wanted that sounds god, like a crappy plan not even that god can work good out of that but god literally needed that to happen for yeah the, yeah yep yeah. yep 
And so, no. and so I think in some ways it, I, I also kind of think that uh, open and relational theology, what it, one of the things that I've sensed with it, and I really picked this up after reading uh, Mark Karras's book on prayer. I'm looking for the title and I can't remember yeah. the title off the top of my head. Uh, um, boy, it's a good one too. But, but was this, um, I, I'm able to take God off the hook. Cons God inspiring is the, prayer. Is that what? Oh, divine, echo, yeah. divine echoes, divine echoes. Divine echoes, right. Yep. And that that God is not, uh, I don't have to hold God solely responsible for the misfortune and suffering in my life. That mm -hmm. God did it. Yeah. Um, and in some ways it feels like it's um, a helpful PR campaign it's a little bit defending God almost. Yep. But the other part of it is I think that the, the thing that I've noticed in um, Tom's work and in, in Mark Karras's work is this, um, in, this God who is powerfully loving in every single moment. That's and right. Is, it's a, and is always present. It's a different because that's the main thing that everyone who balks against it seems to have a problem with it is, well, you're saying that God is weak then because God can't control these things and can't whatever. And I think what's the problem here is, is not that it's a weak God. I think what's probably the problem is we have a limited view of what we think power is and can yeah. look like and can be, it's just a different right. view of power. That's what it, it is. is. It's a different yeah. type of power that we are as foreign to us because we're used to like, I will make this happen. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a form of power that we don't we don't value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yep, yeah. At least not in our context and culture historically. Yeah. So I'm going to use that as a find... segue. I like it. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Finish no, your no. sentence. Well, yeah. It'd be interesting to find if there were some cultures that were closer aligned to a that a different view of power because isn't our history is seems littered with war. Yeah you know, coercion, force. Right. So, and and not just American history, not just European history, but lots of culture think, history. <laughs> and, and I think, in fact, these two topics are at uh, the, or, or uh, open and relational theology and Christian nationalism yep. do not, they're not even speaking about the same fundamental truths in some ways. Yeah. In that Christian nationalism isn't really a religious view. It's actually a, political mythology yep. that uses yep. religion to bolster it up but Amen. the religion that's used is one of power and force yeah. and enforcement yes um, so it's almost the, like a a a, a, hist a religion we call it they've called it christian but really it's a religion of power it is um forceful power coercive power yeah and one of the things that uh, emerges out of that is really jesus has no purpose uh it's there, there's really a no value in the atoning whether it's even kind of good old-fashioned um atonement ideas of you know god killing his son so that you know <laughs> you know god could we could be with god because we're so we're so bad right or you know the idea that you know jesus has victory over death uh, and therefore you know violence has been repudiated mm -hmm. it's it's um it is um a theological mess but what's frightening is like um one of the books that came out over the last half of the year uh, last year 
was a book called The Case for Christian Nationalism by a guy named Stephen Wolf. And he uses very uh, strong uh, language of the expectations about what a Christian nationalistic uh, life would be like. And it sounds like the Old Testament stories of stonings and ostracizing certain people yep. and, and limitation on people and the lifting up of men, power, uh, and men and power. And it's, it's, a, it's a frightening thing, especially when that was one of the Amazon bestsellers uh, for the last quarter, I think it was, or the third quarter on Amazon. Like, no, no, don't, <laughs> don't do that. Right. So I think I think um, those two topics actually maybe are in conversation with each other. Absolutely. Or, or yelling at each other across the fence, or I'm not sure how. Yeah. I feel like they are definitely connected because reframe, you know, yeah, if you just boil it down to its essence, Christian nationalism is what we call Christian nationalism is just a the same old power hungry love of forceful, violent power. Um, just slapped uh, uh, under the American rubric, you know, basically. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. And so yep. uh, even, even, yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll talk more about Christian nationalism and, or, you know, open and relational theology as time goes on. But there's two series we're working on. We're, Absolutely. One of the things that we've done in the past, oh, should we blow a whistle? Hey, second quarter. First quarter is wrapped up. That you was know, our first I, I, quarter. I gotta, I gotta change the um, um, visual grid here to see there. See if I can switch sides of the field uh, with, between <laughs> you and me. So, I like it. Right. Um, or maybe I should just turn around. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so, second quarter. One of the things yeah. that, that you you brought up uh, years ago, back yeah. in the. Back in the early 20 aughts, probably. I don't know. <laughs> Back when we were kids. Oh boy. Um, when we first did this, is you would always end with five questions. Yes. You know, our, and, and our guests were asked the five questions. And I must confess, with having these conversations on Christian nationalism, I have neglected to do that. Ew, so come I on, may, Craig. I, I may have to go back with some of those recordings and and uh, <laughs> make some make some amends. So but we don't very often answer the five questions yeah and We've so can you like remind once, us what I the think. five questions are yeah the five questions that we ask there's also I a lot of subcategories too yeah yes so five questions are what are you drinking so it could be your go-to drink it could be literally what you're drinking right now as we're talking to whoever second question is what are you uh i, I don't usually go in order but uh, the, yeah. the second question is, what are you reading? So it could be a book. It could be a blog that you like to check out or a uh, newsletter. could be um, a magazine article you think or an essay people should check out. What are you watching is the third question. So it could be what you're binging on uh, Netflix or Hulu or Disney Plus, et cetera, et cetera. Or it could be a documentary you think people should watch. It could be a YouTube channel you think you like to check into or that people should watch the next question is what are you listening to and this is um uh it could be an album new album you're bumping the the jams off of an old album classic that you love you always turn to 
It could be a podcast that you're checking out or listening to, or even, I don't often give this as an option, but it could be also an audiobook that you maybe are oh, listening yeah, to. Yeah. yeah. And then the fifth and final question is always, if Craig and I show up at your place, and then guess in our case, if Craig, if you come here or if I come to you, where are we going to dinner? Um, what local place would that you just have to show to a visitor or bring a visitor to? Or what are you going to make at home for us? What's your go-to like recipe? And that last question is always the last question because it's also the most threatening because we do it as a commitment. <laughs> we want it. Uh, We're collecting this. If someday. and when we do show up, Yes, um, you're going to have there. some goodies. Yeah, we're gonna, so. uh, hopefully those, you know, hopefully these places are still open. That, well, uh, at the very of... least, we know that, um, <laughs> uh, you know, there's a place in, in Montana that won't yes. close because of, you know, we can go get some good pies. <laughs> uh, indeed, I see some pictures. That's Toby. Been yep. Toby Shear. Uh, we spoke with him. Oh, when was that? That was a... He'd be a good one for your nationalism series, I think. I think so. Yeah. So um, I I was thinking about two of those questions. Okay. I don't know if you've been thinking about any of those questions. I have now that I know we're doing this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I I have been uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna share a couple of tunes that I've been binging on. And um, b- do you binge on tunes? I mean, that's usually, but it it works. Do I? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So one of the one of the bands that I have not listened to for a long time, but I started listening to again, mm-hmm. um, was a pop punk band by the name of Anti Flag. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, they came out with a new album in January. And um, my goodness, um, some of the, the words in some of these songs are just incredibly powerful. They have an interesting song that is poking uh, a finger at um, the resistance of anti-vaxxers, but blaming the medical and pharmaceutical uh, companies for that response. Yeah, I mean, uh, what they, I get you know, that. It, if, if you had provided medical care for all of us without trying to make a profit off of it, when you come out with a, a vaccine, we probably would have trusted you. Hundred percent. Yeah, and so they take this uh, kind of definitely socialistic, uh, you know, attitude, uh, communist a- attitude, and they apply it to a view of what's going on with um, the pandemic in response. But one of the songs that I've really, really liked, and I keep playing it frequently, and one of the reasons I like it is because, uh, in fact, the video is what's so amazing. Is the video for this song called "Victory or Death" is this uh, kind of rebellious tune that I had to think about theologically because the the chorus says we gave them hell. And as I become more of a universalist and I don't believe in eternal punishment, then hell is this purgation, kind of this temporary place. And so it's okay for us to give people hell because all we're doing is helping them go through (laughs) purgatory. We are helping refine. That's right. Yeah. So, so, but through this, through the video, they place a lot of historic photographs of some incredibly amazing people like Maya Angelou, Claudette Colvin, Muhammad Ali, Mother Jones. I had to write them all down just because there's so many. Uh, Octavio Cato, uh, Hannah Arndt, Noam Chomsky, Angela Ooh. Davis, 
Um, and it's just, there's like 20 or 30 names mentioned, Frederick Douglass, Dorothy Day, uh, Polly Murray, who I didn't even know about. And she was the first Episcopal priest, uh, first, first woman to become an Episcopal priest. Wow. That's amazing. And it's like incredible uh, people with incredible stories. And so I'm just going to play a little bit of that tune so you can get a flavor of it. When the world starts burning, ring the bell, ring the bell. We can say we were there when it fell. Hear the voice of a choir, fare thee well, fare thee well. We gave them hell, gave them hell, gave them hell. So like uh, from that point on, it goes through with all these uh, photos of poets, philosophers, uh, politicians, human rights lawyers, uh, all these people who've chosen a path of uh, giving resisting, them hell. <laughs> giving them hell, yeah. and 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 nonviolently. I mean, Muhammad Ali wasn't exactly nonviolent, but he was nonviolent <laughs> in pursuing his human rights goals. Yeah. <laughs> but. And it's just it's just this kind of who's who Hall of Fame of people who've put their lives on the line for the sake of others. It's uh, just to take time to Google these people is just an amazing, uh, uh, overwhelming flow of these wonderful stories. Then hmm. then one other uh, band or group musical group that I discovered, and I hate to say this. Thank you, Apple. I'm not a big Ooh. fan of Apple. <laughs> OK, uh, at least of their technology. But they were they were playing a song on an advertisement oh yeah i love it. i found it, some music that way through the apple and app. it was the poem it was it was it was the the statement of Mama, muhammad ali you yeah. know um this this um riff that he took off on in one of his interviews and they put it to a musical chant kind of a thing Ooh. and the name of the band is spin effects gum now, that's right. Show the, do you know here. what Spinifex gum is? Don't Google. Don't Google. I'm not going to. What? Is, I have no <laughs> idea. What is it? It kind of. I like. I have no idea. So I had to Google it. Spinifex is a plant that grows okay. in Australia. Oh. The resin of the plant, the gum, gum. Yep. Is a traditional adhesive that's used to hold together things like canoes, baskets, uh, oh. things that are being built. And so it's what holds indigenous people together. Ooh. And so just 
just the name is a great story. Uh, but yeah. I I started listening to Spin Effects and was really fascinated because cool. the stories of the indigenous people of Oceana um, yep. are very very similar to the stories of indigenous people and people of color in North America. Yep. And they have a song called Locked Up about what happens to youth, youth culture, when because of your color, you mm. are going to be locked up. Locked up. Uh, oh, my goodness. And so play a little bit of that. that's uh that'll hit you yeah um and it's Mm. it yeah it's kind of it's it's powerful but the other thing that's amazing i love the choral singing yeah that was awesome spin effects is uh you know i I don't know how big the choir is but this uh you know it's it's a troop it's a choir and just powerful um vocals yeah i can tell there's a big there's a, a massive amount of uh thing you know audio going on in there <laughs> yeah yeah the voices are just they're piled on top of each other yeah, they've got a they've so really highly recommend their stuff it's incredible that's awesome and it gives it, it gives voice to that uh you know for for people of color to the indigenous folks uh one land one line in there is you make us stand in line and then you make us go last uh you tell us <laughs> to run but but we're choking on dust and it's like yes it's like uh yeah. Anyway, those things those things are moving. Oof. Uh, really, really good. <laughs> so that's what you're listening to. Yeah, I'm listening a lot to I'm that. Checking out. So that's cool. Yeah. Ah, nice. And so one of the things I've created, and we I can put a link to it on our on our show notes. I've got a uh, list of music that I'm thinking about in regarding to resisting uh, uh, Christian nationalism. Yep. And there you go. The, 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 a soundtrack. The, uh, my my playlist is called No Swag. 
SWAJ, which stands for Straight White American Jesus. So no straight white American <laughs> Jesus, uh, which is the name of a fantastic of podcast called mm -hmm. uh, Straight White American Jesus. Yeah. Uh, so Who's the host of those? Do you, are we interviewing them? Uh, Dan Miller and yes. Bradley Onishi, uh, two uh, scholars in the area of uh, sociology of religion. I like it. I like it. Very good. Okay. So that's what I'm listening to. That's what you're listening to. Okay. I'm going to go with what I'm reading. There you go. Uh, that's what I will tackle. So I am currently reading, I just started yesterday, uh, a book. It's probably the most recommended book to me in the last probably three years. Been rec to me, recommended to me the most. So called, why have you waited so long to read I got, it? Three I years. Have so many, I have so many other things that I got I uh, going on, you know. But and I guarantee you've heard of it. Uh, but uh, it's a braiding sweetgrass. Oh, by, excellent! Read it last Robin, year. Yep, by Robin Wall Kimmerer. Indigenous oh. wisdom, scientific. What's the subtitle? Scientific knowledge and the teachings of plants. It's amazing. So yeah. I started it yesterday. So that is what I'm. Well, that's one I'm currently reading, and I'm also reading God of Becoming and Relationship. The dynamic nature of process theology, which is process theology, is under the umbrella of open and relational who, theology. Who is that by? So is this reading? is why this is why I wanted to read it because it's actually by a Jewish theologian, Rabbi Bradley Shavit Artson. So great, yeah. So I'm reading that. I, I have I just got it. So we'll. So one of the things that. about open and relational theology that mm -hmm. um, you know kind of goes back to earlier. Yep. topic is it is interfaith that's right the uh, idea is god if god is relational and open that means god is relating to all people in all places and that should show up in different ways based off yeah. of their cultures their understandings their wisdom so yep that's cool that's yep, cool. yep, yep. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so have you been that's watching anything reading. lately yeah have you been so, anything? <laughs> yeah so i just started this is another old one that I just didn't have time to ever do yet. And uh, I'm doing two things at once. Well, Lisa and I together are both doing the Marvel project oh, and right. we are progressing, yeah. continue to progress on that, making a lot of headway on that. <laughs> but they're uh, going to keep now... rolling them out. You, you're never going to get ahead. Well, we are, to, we are roughly two year, the 2017-ish, right in okay. there. So we're getting closer. Uh, but uh, so that's always ongoing. But I myself have, when I have moments where I, I have a moment to watch something, but Lisa's not here, I have been catching up on, or have been binging Modern Family. The, oh, wow. <laughs> the sitcom. And I also just recently started, as in case I'm not in the mood for that, you know, I have a backup show, and that backup show is called Wayward Pines. Oh, have yeah. You, do you yeah. remember? Do you yeah. remember Wayward Pines? And I was so disappointed that it didn't get another season because it left some things hanging. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Wayward Pines is set in Idaho is the idea. There's only 20 episodes, two seasons total, but it's got yeah. a lot of intrigue and and yeah. uh, things going on. But yeah, for whatever reason, it got canceled after two seasons. And though it was well received, um, received a lot of good critical remarks. But now, now, have you watched Ted Lasso yet? Yeah, so I have okay, started. That, and that was seen a previous three conversation. You've yeah, seen three I've only episodes. seen three episodes. Well, because okay. as I started, Lisa really wants to watch it with me, so I'm trying to hold okay. on, so she can join me on that one too. All right. Yeah. 
And, it, mm-hmm. and then you've got to watch Welcome to Wrexham. Is that a takeoff, a spinoff? Oh, that's what I thought. I thought it was going to be a spoof, okay. you know, because it's uh, Rob McEnany from uh, yeah. it always, oh, no. It's Always Sunny in Is Philadelphia. It, they and, own, uh, uh, don't they? They own. Yeah. And, and Ryan, Ryan, yeah, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> they buy this club. And I thought, you know, yeah, they're just going to goof off because they're that's right. funny. No, it is incredibly beautiful about community nice. and what it means to be, you know, okay. part of a part of a people. You know, it's just uh, it, it's really cool. It's very moving. Okay. So. okay. All right. I'm yeah. If Lisa doesn't catch up with me, I may just go ahead with. You may have Ted to Lasso. jump ahead. <laughs> yeah, and right. I'll make sure I have permission to do so. But anyway, so that's what I'm watching. So we've done listening, reading, watching. Uh, what are you drinking? What am I drinking? What are you drinking? Oh, yeah. I wanted to tell you about a um, a new brew that I've tried at uh, River um, Riverport Brewery here in Clarkston. They are the place we go for Tuesday night trivia, so that'll happen tonight, of course. But we, what is it called? It's a um, it's a lemon. No, it's a lime. It has lime in it. <laughs> I can't remember if it's a e lime ale. It's a lime, not a shandy. Well, that would I mean usually those are like lemony or lemonade shandies. Right. They call is it, them, is it, is it a, a blonde? Like a wheat beer? Is a blonde? A blonde, maybe? A, a, a lime. A <laughs> is what is that in brewing? I know nothing. Anyway, it, I like the yeah, way it tastes. Let, yeah. So it has to do with the, the barley that's used to make it. Blonde. Okay. Yeah. So it's not, okay. not very. Yeah. Has to do with the level of roasting in the bar barley. So. Okay. Well, it's really good, and I liked it. That's good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> has lime in it. It might be a, a lager, a lime lager. Wow, you're really jumping from ales to lagers, and you tell you what, it's a lighter, you, it's a lighter one. It's so a lighter I think one. I think you have some homework. Go find out what it is. Okay. So tonight at trivia, talk, talk about I it. Talk know. about it next week. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. I think it might be lime. Uh, might be lager. Lime lager. I think. Hey, we're coming up to halftime. Hey. Okay. So, um, halftime. Okay. We've gone half-time through two quarters. Yeah. We're halfway. We're making. We're trucking along here. All right. What are we doing for halftime? <laughs> well, I think this is going to be um, an area for some research. Okay. Because okay. Uh, we need we need a halftime entertainment act. We need some entertainment. Okay. So, I mean, we could do magic tricks, like oh. pull rabbits out of hats. or <laughs> We'll come up with good halftime acts. It has to be yeah. obviously audio. So, yeah, yeah. So you know we could I, there's probably some good music out there for uh yeah i bet you uh, we could marching find, bands yeah actually i bet you we could find some um local people to us each of us to rec- give us we could even record live uh real quickly <laughs> and get some of their whatever maybe Maybe I'm going to try something real quick. Here's halftime. So you keep talking while I look this up. Oh, okay. So I was envisaging, for example, I know several people here who play uh, both in bands and in, 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 and just soloists, uh, saxophonists. I know 
um, guitarists. I know full bands. I know the oh the local orchestra, the community band. So, okay, let's see if this is any good. Here we go. Okay. Here comes the marching band. Taking mm. the field. Huh. Oh yeah. Okay, I could go on for a really long time with those. <laughs> I could maybe get a little too repetitive. Okay, just needed the tubas to jump in, but they didn't. So, <laughs> all right, all right. Well, we, did you we did you hear that? There's a do a documentary. I think it was uh, brought up for uh, for an Academy Award, and it's about tubas that got stolen. Oh no, no, that was at the that was at the uh, Utah Film Festival, the um, oh. Sundance, one of the top. Uh, ones was a documentary about stolen tubas 10 stolen tubas from a high school in california oh my gosh like it was it i wonder if it's like a great rivalry maybe i don't know it seems like a great documentary i don't know so it's got ten, crime but it's not like uh, crime and tubas uh, yeah so. but it's not like so it's not like you know if you are into the crime stuff but you want to break from the heavy you know all the murders and all that things yeah here's a still a caper with a little yeah. less on the line at stake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think maybe that's exactly what was the world needs. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. So okay. that's our halftime entertainment. Okay. Hold on. All right. You keep Back to the for game. A second. You say something for a second. I got to go let my dog in. Hold on. Okay. So. <laughs> go ahead. You, uh, so Cody's going to go play with his dog. My dog's sleeping on the floor, by the way. So she's much easier to handle. So one of the things that we mentioned at the very beginning, you know, uh, was uh, Cody was talking about something about the year. And I can't say it. I said, oh, we'll talk about that later. But for this uh, third quarter in our episode, as we're trying this new uh, format, what do we think will be some of the big stories in 2023? What might uh, take shape in this year to come? And so Cody had some things to say about NFL, Super Bowl, and he said it had some connection with politics. So I don't know what that's all about, but I have a thought about almond milk. And that's one of the thoughts I have about 2023, about okay. almond milk and almond flour. So that's what I'm thinking about. This is my thing about 2023 is almond yes. flour, yes, among other things. But, <laughs> okay. uh, but so almonds take a gallon of water per almond to grow Ooh, wait 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 and, wait 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 yeah well, almonds what? take a gallon of water per almond on the on, on the, the tree wow okay all right i mean that so that's a lot of water that goes into yeah. a tree to make one almond yeah and since i'm on a keto diet i do a lot of uh, almond milk almond flour that kind of thing oh my goodness but with Lake Mead, Lake Powell drying up, which is providing the water and the Colorado River for all the California growers, my prognostication is that almonds will become rare sure. and almond flour will be hard to find. So right now, just saying this, I know that everybody who hears this is going to go to their stores and buy it all up <laughs> and then the prices will go sky, sky Self -fulfilling high. Self-fulfilling prophecy. 
So it's kind of like Elon Musk and his uh, Twitter thing about you know um, <laughs> Tesla yeah. stock. But that's right. But so that that's the frightening thing that I see you know coming is um, okay the the um the 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 almondpocalypse. I don't know how you put that. Almondopocalypse. <laughs> Almondopocalypse. Yeah. But um, so Almondpocalypse. that's what I, that's one of the things I think about 2023, but I also have a sports related <laughs> thing, but before I share my sports related thing, what about your sports related thing? Well, I mean, well, sports related. Cause you, you said something about the Super Bowl, I think mm-hmm. earlier before we hit record. Oh yes. Okay. So Here's what's up. So the Super Bowl is set, right? It's the Chiefs versus the um, the uh, the uh, Eagles. And to, I think if you're speaking objectively from just an objective standpoint, two strong teams, both have great cases for how they could have made it. Both have very talented players. Both are pretty well-rounded teams. Maybe weaker. You know, Kansas City might be less well-rounded but they do have the best, the best player on the field. So kind of a, kind of a, you know, um, kind of a balance there. Now, why I'm bringing this up here in the last six months of the NFL season, it has become increasingly louder and more prominent for people to talk about how it's all rigged. Like not just rigged as in like, like bad calls every now and then, you know, there's always that, but literally that the NFL is like the WWE. It's literally all fake. None of it. It's all scripted beforehand. So all this has been scripted ahead of time for this exact outcome to happen with the chiefs and the Eagles. Which, I haven't heard that before. Oh, it is gr- in the fan base. Especially, uh, um, so I, um, you know, I'm connected to a lot of the fan bases of the NFL because I still do fantasy football. And so I'm a right. part of lots of forums and different things like that where they talk about this stuff. And it has become louder and, and louder that this is a thing. So like 10 years ago, a guy wrote a book Um and it was dismissed as a conspiracy theory back then, but like how everything is rigged and he's got, you know, he wrote chapters about, and it's a typical conspiracy theory stuff. So it's like the lack of evidence. And he even, I've heard him in interviews, this author, because he's now getting interviewed more now because of this, but uh, it's typical conspiracy theory stuff of like, the lack of evidence is the evidence, you know, kind of a kind of thing. Kind of a <laughs> I'll thing. prove my point because there is no evidence. Yeah, exactly. It's all the it's, it's the cover-up, you know, appealing to right, the cover-up. Right. So yeah, that guy 10 years ago dropped, you know, maybe published, you know, a few copies um type of a deal. Now his book, it's not gargantuan publishing, but I mean it's now thousands of copies get published, you know. Uh, over the course of a year type of a thing and more and more and more people are buying into it and they will jump all over the simplest things a blown call you know as evidence and proof so this and what's funny Hmm. is all throughout the postseason the playoffs everyone was certain because they know it's rigged all everyone who's bought into this conspiracy theory was certain that it was the buffalo bills were going to make it to the super bowl and be the winners because of the damar hamlin situation you know thing so they want that to happen so that it can be a feel-good story well they lost 
and got put out of the playoffs. So they've all shifted now to, well, it's going to, you know, the Bengals threw off the script. And so they got punished for throwing off the script. And that's how the Chiefs ended up winning with those blown, what they are calling blown calls. And they wanted it to manufacture it. So to be Kelsey versus Kelsey, their brothers, one one on each team, Kelsey on the Eagles, uh, Travis Kelsey on the Chiefs, uh, Jason Kelsey on the um, Eagles. They also engineered it because they want two starting black quarterbacks heading off, facing off against because of course there's racism creeping into this conspiracy theory as well, uh, into the conspiracy theory and so on and so forth. Now I bring this up in this milieu of football because that's such even, a great word. <laughs> even five years ago or three years ago, I would say four or five years ago, the chatter on the rig rigging of the NFL was virtually non-existent. It was simply just, Oh yeah, the refs were, you know, it's your typical grumbling refs paid off right. for this game or they blew a call or whatever. They're blind. But here, especially within the last year and a half, two years, it has been much more, no, it's a grand conspiracy of rigging everything so that particular outcomes will happen. And I can't believe you can't see it. And you're all sheep and you're all blah, blah, blah. And I cannot help but make the connection to the 2020 elections and the promotion of the big lie, the story of the rigged elections. Yeah. And the prominent pushing of that story. And now it's showing up in sports too. People lose so, their games they're, they're, and lose, and it's not the outcome they want. So, of course, it has to be rigged. It's all rigged now. So I I kind of I kind of get that. I'm glad you tied that into that 2020 yeah. conspiracy. Ever since then, it's just thing. I don't know if now, maybe it's because now I'm more myself um listening for those types of stories and people voicing right. that so maybe it's always been there but it sure seems like since that was given such a prominent feature in the political world by specific actors right. it is now also taking off in in other realms too wow huh yeah 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 <laughs> i i kind of get it now yeah yeah, I, but I now not, not that I believe it, but I understand it. Oh, no, yes, you're yeah. right. The psychology behind it and the like, yeah. right. Because if it's, you know, I don't know. I don't know how susceptible people are. To, I know that people are susceptible. I know that. I know that our leaders can dictate a bit of what how we think about things or set the example for how we think about right. things or even just giving room for it to be okay to talk about certain things. But boy... <laughs> <laughs> seems like that is an effect at least uh, in this particular part of the world where i wow. have focused yeah yeah so yeah yeah i don't know what to say because you just made the you made you made a case that now i agree with i was like <laughs> no nobody says that crazy stuff you know or, or some people do but it's such a small subculture but it's getting the big man ability really for people to believe it mm-hmm. because who denies it? Well, the elite, you know, <laughs> right. who 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 have um, who have a vested interest. It's you know, just in the system, and it's, and it's just like you were saying about the pharmacy, pharmaceutical companies, right? It, it like, okay, I don't agree with the not the anti-vaxxers, but I do understand 
the mindset no. of they don't care for us the way they you're supposed to. So I can see it in the NFL too, right? All they yeah. care about is money because they do. That's you. That is legitimately true. The leadership of the NFL only cares about money. They care you about know. so they care about ratings. So of course, why is it? You know, it's not a drastically huge leap to then think it's they could have a propensity to do that to get the results so, they want. So but, it would be fascinating to have a uh, have a populist backlash uh against the, the nfl yeah i mean because there have been there have been uh plenty of reasons for the nfl oh, to be yeah. thought of as you know unethical i mean they've done oh, all yeah. kinds of you that's know, what i'm saying they're, they're, you cannot deny responses. that they're not they are they are yeah. unethical so <laughs> and and you know this might be the one huh that <laughs> that makes people react isn't that so funny that oh, and man. kneeling kneeling for the flag kneeling at the flag in protesting of I th- police I think, brutality I, th- I think saying it that way is even better kneeling for the flag <laughs> right. rather than kneeling against it um, yeah right so what you know in some ways that doesn't fit but it does fit with one of my prognostications about sports but it has mm-hmm. to do with the 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 end of the NCAA. Oh yeah, I mean yeah 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 yeah. The the NCAA, it's collapsing, is, man. <laughs> it it's it's collapsing from the 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 weight of the elite athletes. Mm-hmm. And I forgot what the number is. There's you know there's a maybe a hundred thousand was one hundred seventy thousand NCAA athletes. You know across all sports, all programs, Oof. all divisions. But what happens is all the concentration is put on two sports. Yep. Um, and it's and it's men. So it's football and men's basketball. Yeah. And the the weight of supporting those two sports, you know, with the NIL, the name, image, and likeness stuff. Yep. Uh, where the athletes uh, can can get as much money as they want. The you know the yep. NCAA doesn't have that A anymore that stands for amateur athletics. That's right. That's right. And because because they're no longer amateurs, uh, New yeah. York Times last week had an incredible article called "Student Mo- Student Athlete Mogul," um, and it told the story of I think it was North Carolina basketball and how one of their star athletes. Um, was making maybe a few hundred thousand dollars a year. Uh, He was, you know, he had a brand new Audi that was given to him. Um, Oh, half a million dollars a year, I think it is, is what he was getting. And, you know, it's, it's all these things that were completely against the rules, you know, years ago. Now it's acceptable. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so, um, the story was told of um, a quarterback and I can't remember if he was at Auburn or Georgia, but he was making $3 million as a student athlete. And he put a name in the portal because there was another school going to offer him $10 million. As he was in the portal, the offer was rescinded and he had, had already left the team. Oh, no. That was already paying him three, $3 million. Oh, no. So poor guy might have to like just be satisfied with the cost of attendance at his school and, you know, have to get a job flipping burgers. <laughs> oh, but if no. he didn't save that 3 million bucks and put some in the bank, that's his fault. 
Yeah, but, exactly. But one of the one of the pressures that's that's happening now is money that used to go to athletic departments right, for an entire to. university are funneling to specific athletes. Yep. And so you've got athletes who are bleeding dry their communities, the different sponsors and the different yep. um uh, uh you know supporters for an athletic program. Yep. And these different supporters are pooling their resources into what's called collectives. And then these collectives are pouring the money into these individual athletes. And yep. so while North Carolina may have, you know, you know, maybe maybe half the players on 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 the court are making hundreds of thousands of dollars. They can't field a, a, a women's hockey team, which I think was an NCAA champion like at, for the last 10 years or something like that. Right. Uh, you know, they can't they can't field uh, generally women's sports that are up to the same level. So then are they going to be dropped to a D2 status? Ooh. You know, and so that's sad. NCAA yeah, it's gonna collapse, is, man. is so hungry for cash mm-hmm. that um, I think it's going to just be destroying college college uh college sports and there's a part of me that just wants to boycott it (laughs) right but But, at the same time but at the same time you know a lot of my effort is working with kids and helping them continue in their education and just being satisfied with the school that's going to pay for their their education maybe not the whole thing but at least some of it and so you know i i want to use the ncaa to help these students continue with their education but the NCAA mm-hmm. seems like it's turning its attention toward how can they make the most money out of their big ticket pro- programs, men's basketball and football. Yep. And it's it's hard not to get cynical about the NCAA. Uh, mm. But so yeah, part of my protest is I didn't I didn't watch any college football games this year. Uh, so it's been <laughs> about the third or fourth year that I've skipped out on college football. So can I tell you? Though, as you're talking about this, um, I don't know if this is a counterpoint, but an interesting feature or side story to this is the rise of some now prominent female athletes who wouldn't have been noted before. But I, you'll it, it, so the, the person I'm thinking of, her name is Olivia. I think it's done. And she's a gymnast for LSU. Okay. And she has a massive social media following. Following, But she had that before. I think she had that before the NIL deals started happening. But because she had that massive social media following, and she's, you know, she's um, kind of the stereotypical beauty, you know, blonde hair, blue eyes, athletic, and a gymnast, you know, kind of a thing. Right. So she has this massive following. And then now because of the NIL deal, she's like, I think she's the, she's certainly the highest um, earning female athlete in the NIL stuff. I think she might be one of the most, the highest earning period of that. So she's earning, she's earning a couple of million a year. Okay. uh, Because she's able to take her TikTok kind of influencer presence and and put it out there. Yep. And in this times article, it talked about uh, one of the women at, um, North Carolina, who I think she was a hockey player, is mm-hmm. doing you know following that same path because she says I I have to. Uh, mm. It's 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 kind of I have to right. take advantage of this because you know that it's not going to happen after college. You know, right? Um, you know, 
I mean, what what women's professional sport pays well? None. Yeah. So it's like yeah, now. Right. Yeah. yeah. In yeah. fact, actually, that's kind of typical. Like the the most watched female sports probably are all the college sports. Right. 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 Or Olympics yeah. or Olympic. Olympics. And yeah. so I, I think you, you can if you fine tune that, you know, you could say some of those uh, Olympic athlete, you know, who are athletes who are individuals. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them are making a really good living. Right. But 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 not across all sports. Right. And, and so, so so like I've, I've got a friend who's on the U.S. Olympic team for uh, the skeleton. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So he, so he goes sliding down tunnels of ice, you know, at 90 miles an hour. <laughs> and he's being supported by two major corporations to a total cash uh, salary each month of about fifteen hundred bucks. Mm. <laughs> and then BM, BMW, which is sponsoring the tour for the World Cup, um, they you know they put him up in hotels, transportation, feed him, and do all that kind of stuff. So he doesn't have a lot of expenses, but he's not being able to save a whole lot. Wow! And at the same yeah. time, no offense to like you know one of you know one of the heroes of all of my hurdlers, Sydney McLaughlin. You know mm-hmm. she's probably making a couple of million dollars a year. Um, you know, working for New Balance. Um, yeah, you know, she's you know got big contracts, and that that part is like, yeah, that's great. I'm I'm happy for her, but it's not equal and across the board. And I think that's what a lot of you know sports fans don't realize that there's a lot of people being left behind, yep. and they don't have access to that. And it seems like the NCAA should go, yeah, give us all your cash, but we want to make sure that those athletes that are working just as hard, yeah you know, that they can, they can get a piece of that pie. And the way it is right now is being used as a zero sum game. The more someone else gets, the less somebody else gets. Uh, and that I think needs to get turned around just or else schools aren't even going to be able to give, uh, you know, price of admission perhaps to, yeah. to athletes. Yeah. So you want to hear something funny? Um, yes. My yeah, dad, that was deep my, dark. <laughs> my dad, when my dad, when my dad was playing high school, high school football, uh they had a really good team um but actually they didn't have back when he played they didn't have state championship uh, tournament tournament and football stuff yep so but anyway they were not for his not in their in our little division they did they just didn't have it so they did go play what people considered the top team in idaho um as an add-on game and they beat them. So if there would have been a state championship, it probably would have been. But anyway, uh, when he when they came out of the locker rooms to go take the field, they had to carry with them on their person admission to the game. And they had to pay it at the gate to get in. Really? To get in. Yep. Yep. Wow. Isn't that funny? I was thinking of student That's athletes right. and the money. I know. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but they did they had to pay at the gate to go on and take the field yeah there's, probably the, they did, there was no like athletic fees and things back then you know what i mean i guess yeah so maybe that's <laughs> but yeah they had to they had to pay to play their own game that that's a whole different way of thinking of pay to play isn't it <laughs> yeah man yep 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 that's that kind of, that's that's not nice. I know. So hey, so we're we're going through this new way of doing things: first quarter, second quarter, third yeah. quarter, etc. But I did notice that there 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 have been two times that the clock stopped. Really? 
And so I think our first quarter went long. Okay. And maybe the second quarter? Third maybe it'll quarter give was notes. right on time. Does it give notes? So, uh, maybe at the end to show us what went where. Okay, cool. Well, cool. We turned we, we turned off the music that says it's time to time to move on. And so it's like I, maybe I don't know. I wonder if I should That's turn fine. that back on and see what it does. That's fine. So, all right. So we're in the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter. Uh, yeah. Let's wrap this up, baby. Okay. Let's so score some odds points. and ends. You know, one of the things that we do talk about because of our of our of our sense of vocation is um, mm-hmm. we, we do ministry. We're also pastors. Yeah. <laughs> and believe it or not, uh, we, we did talk about God and theology and that kind of stuff at the beginning. Yeah. Um, but, um, anything you want to say about what do you want to do in the fourth quarter? Odds, ends, lectionary. Are you ready for Lent? I am. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm not ready, ready for Lent, gosh. but yeah, when it's is coming Wednesday? quickly. Uh, it's like February 26th yeah. or something like that. Let me look. Ash Wednesday, February 22nd. So I am going to do, I think, so um, in our area, we have a cluster of churches, UMC churches. And historically, we've always done Lent together, meaning Sunday afternoons, we would travel to one of the churches all together, every church, go to one. Mm-hmm. and they host but another pastor provide the teaching you know from another church right. and then a meal all together and we're going to do that again this year uh but i'm going to just as our own couple of churches i'm going to host ash wednesday and i'm going to try to do it if i can pull it off i'm going to do it three times in the day because nice there's some folks i mean it's supposed to start you know at the beginning of the day so i'm going to do mm-hmm. it there I'm going to do a lunchtime because some people can only make it, you know, probably around then. And then I'm going to do an evening, you know, service. Uh, that's a little more in depth, I think, the evening one. But, yep, yeah. I think that's what I'm going to try to do yeah, for I, Ash Wednesday. I think that sounds good. I, I Ash Wednesday um, feels really personal to me mm-hmm. because when I was feeling um, kind of out of ministry, when I was teaching full time, and uh oh i was just i felt boy i really missed the church i really hope they will lay me off so i can get a severance because i couldn't afford to quit <laughs> oh, wow. so i can go back to to doing ministry work but um so when i was teaching i would take my lunch break and i would go over to uh, southminster presbyterian church and uh, marcy all glass was the pastor over there i don't know if you ever met marcy but um uh, okay. I would go over there and she and I would sit down and go through the liturgy over lunch and have a very, you know, just, you know, the two of us going through the, uh, the service of the ashes. Mm-hmm. And it had such an incredible sustaining uh, force. Um, I like that. A little more personal. Yeah. And so, so being able to offer it at different times, you know, yeah. um, can be, can be, can be really helpful probably for people. And I think you're probably right. I'll, uh, or, I mean, it, you know, it'll, a similar situation will probably happen at some of them. Probably the morning one, I'll probably only get a one or a few people, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so yep. we did that one year and I went, oh, that was so good. And I did it, did it for three years with, you know, going over for lunch uh, for that. So it was, yeah, very helpful. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Ah, cool. Yeah. Very I, good. So, so did you save palm fronds from last year to burn? Or a plane nope. tree from this year, Christmas tree. No, nope, nope. So okay. we don't, we didn't have. 
I, I can't remember when this decision was made, but we use non-live pond palm fronds. Okay. So well, they can't burn them. I mean, They'll they'd, melt. I mean, they'd still make ashes. You know that. They might melt. So they might melt, though. Yeah. Might be melty. Well. <laughs> so I'll have oh, to find you... a way to get some ashes. Yeah. That would just be kind of a yucky smudge. It probably wouldn't wash off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I hadn't really thought about that because I got a, I've got two lectures, uh, philosophy classes on Wednesdays, and so Ooh. I don't I won't be able to do lunch, but I wonder if I'll be able to do a breakfast or an early morning one, uh, Ash Wednesday for for my folks, and then have to explain to my philosophy students why my forehead's dirty. Mm. That could be a fun conversation. That could uh, be. That could be. That all right. Could be. All right. So um, I wonder, what do we want to do next time? Well, we let's begin wrapping this up. Yeah, hopefully next time we'll have, uh, we'll start to uh, interview, we'll showcase uh, a part of an interview from one of our, I, I don't know if we've decided yet, are we starting with the ORT series or with the Christian nationalism series? Yes, that's correct. We have not yet decided that. So one of those two will be kicked <laughs> off next episode. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's I'm exciting. It's going to be some uh, good discussion, good topics, I think. So, yeah. All right. So that's and, what we uh, got to look forward to. Hopefully, uh, if we remember how to use our Twitter account, we'll probably start trying to tell people to contact us and reach out to us there. <laughs> uh, the <laughs> at, oh, uh, what is it? Um, at All That's Holy, right? Yeah, I think so. Or is it ATHBCB? <laughs> Boy, now I'm not even sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think you're right. So let's Google. So you t- okay, let's take a look at that. Did you mean all this holy blue car podcast? Oh, here we go. But no podcast. I don't see Twitter. <laughs> all right. Well, we we got one out there somewhere. So yeah, I'll we'll have to start social media ing social. What's the what's the what's the gerund form when you turn social media into a verb? <laughs> oh, it is all that's holy at all that's holy. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh boy. All right. See, we got a lot to learn. We'll be me. Uh, I don't know. Posting. <laughs> I don't know. We'll yeah. be getting better at that. We maybe we need to hire a poster. Maybe we've talked about it. We'll see. All righty. All righty. Okay. So we're gonna wrap up. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Oh, you know, one I left it. So let's wrap up with this because we did not answer this in our five. Oh, if if Craig, if I show up, where are you taking me to dinner? You know, it's probably the same thing I answered once long ago when you asked. Uh, We would go to Epi's. Yeah, awesome. I want to go there so bad. Basque restaurant. So badly. Uh, yeah. Small you, small place. There's usually there's only room for maybe 15 or 20 people in there. Not even 20. You have to call ahead, right? Yeah, and it's it's really you feel like it's you're going into somebody's home. It's really such nice. Such a good Very, reputation. Excellent food. Yeah. If you came, Craig, I would take you to my favorite little local place called Hogan's, Hogan's Pub. And oh, yeah. uh, oh man, the food. Mwah. Their soups on Mondays are so good. So hopefully you'd come on a Monday and you'd get to try some of their soup. You know, I I, I actually was thinking about trying to drop by uh, earlier in the month when I was in Spokane. Oh, that's right. I would have taken it. How can I make my way down there? So if I'm in in Spokane again, because I know we'll have track meets up there. There you um, go. 
not this year, go. but we'll hopefully get something, get, get, by, get, we have not seen each other for a very long time face to face. in person. My goodness. Yeah. yeah. I'd yeah. have to think long and hard about how that would, uh, when that was. Yeah. Well, that's, okay. you were, you, you were driving, you were driving my car. Yeah. Was that it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're bringing my car down from, uh, <laughs> it's engine repair. Wow. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. All right. Right well, on. thank you. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to hit stop recording somewhere here. Do it. Where is that? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, let's go there. There we go. Are you sure you want to stop recording? Yes.